Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Pink Sheets Farmer Regulatory Podcast. I'm Derek Ingery, a senior writer at the Pink Sheet. Today is July 29th, 2022. I'm flying solo, but I'm still going to give you a flavor of some of our biggest stories this week. Links for you to read more are in the show notes in the Pink Sheet website. First up is the FDA's user fee reauthorization. Longtime listeners will know that Congress must pass a bill renewing the prescription drug, generic drug, and biosimilar user fees by October 1st in order to keep the FDA revenue stream going. But as of now, talks between the House and Senate remain stalled after Senator Richard Burr, the ranking member of the Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee, walked away. The FDA now is preparing for the worst with the deadline approaching because it does not have some assurances that the bill will be passed on time. That includes telling employees who are paid with user fee revenue that they may be laid off. The FDA said those official notices likely will be sent the first week of September. The agency and stakeholders want to avoid that scenario if possible because it injects a lot of uncertainty into the lives of the FDA workforce, which can lower morale as well as lead to departures. In addition, the agency could see its recruitment efforts hindered amid questions of whether the jobs being filled will exist in a few weeks. The FDA likely likely will spend its user fee reserve funds to keep the agency going for a few weeks should the October 1st deadline pass without an enacted bill, but other problems could result. Without a user fee program, the agency would not be able to collect fees, although applications still could be filed, and user fee goals would be expected to remain in place in the near term, even though the agency technically would not be beholden to them. A bill eventually will get passed, but the FDA and other stakeholders are worried it won't get done in time. And now that Congress is going on a month-long recess, there will be a sprint in September to get the bill to President Biden. We also saw new guidance explaining the Real-Time Oncology Review Program, an increasingly popular expedited approval pathway. The FDA was quick to point out that acceptance acceptance into the program does not guarantee application success, let alone early approval. RTOR allows the FDA to review some portions of an application earlier than usual, including efficacy and safety data. The guidance indicates that RTOR does not influence approval or alter review goals and timelines. And while early approval has occurred with many RTOR applications, in some cases that may not be feasible, the agency wrote. Participation also could be rescinded if no longer appropriate. The guidance, the first for industry on the program, also describes the program's eligibility criteria and information submission recommendations. Since it was implemented as a pilot program in 2018, more than 50 applications have tried the RTOR pathway with a high rate of success. The FDA's Oncology Center of Excellence also has paired RTOR applications with Project Orbis, its International Regulatory Coordination Program, and other efforts to streamline application reviews. Biogen announced this week that the FDA has accepted its application for the drug Tofersen, which is proposed to treat superoxide dismutase 1 amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, a rare form of ALS. The application received a priority review with a January 25th goal date and likely will receive an advisory committee meeting. But the biggest news about the product was that Biogen wants the product approved via accelerated approval using neurofilament as a surrogate biomarker because the phase three efficacy trial failed its primary endpoint. For the ALS patient community, Tofersen could be the opening desired to allow use of accelerated approval for other treatments in development, similar to what already has been seen in Alzheimer's with the accelerated approval of Agihelm. That approval remains controversial and has garnered criticism as well as praise from stakeholders. 
Interestingly, neurofilament has yet to gain FDA acceptance as a surrogate, surrogate reasonably likely to predict clinical benefit, a standard for accelerated approval. An FDA official called it a promising but exploratory biomarker earlier this year. Biogen already has said that it is finalizing the confirmatory data package with the FDA, suggesting it's planning for the post-market study or studies already has begun. The agency has pushed for post-marketing trials to be ready before the accelerated approval is granted. Finally this week, Teva completed a settlement of ongoing nationwide opioid litigation. The company agreed to pay $4.25 billion plus $100 million for Native American tribes over 13 years. That total includes amounts Teva has previously agreed to pay under settlements and also will include supplying $1.2 billion worth of generic Narcan, the opioid overdose rescue medication, over 10 years. The settlement is contingent on an agreement with Allergan on indemnification obligations and on Allergan reaching a nationwide opioid settlement. Documentation is expected to be ready in the coming weeks. Could this be the end of the so-called opioid wars? Analysts think so, which would remove a rather large weight from the company's shoulders and allow investors to once again judge them on their fundamentals. Well, that's all for this week. For more, check out our website at www.thepinksheet.com. You can also find this and previous podcast episodes on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and Spotify by searching for Pharma Intelligence. And if you're so inclined, feel free to give us a review. Thanks again for listening to the Pink Sheet Pharma Regulatory Podcast. I'm Derek Ingery. Stay safe, get vaccinated, and we'll see you next time. 